Hello, everybody, and welcome to the September 2nd, 2020 edition of Peaceful Globalist Review. I am your host, the Peaceful Globalist, Ephraim Josine. And ladies and gentlemen, yesterday, Eric Garcia, the mayor of Los Angeles, announced the following on Twitter. Today, I authorized the city to disconnect utility services as a resident in the Calhuga Pass to stop the large parties being held there in violation of public health orders. Parties can spread the coronavirus, and hosting or attending one can put lives at risk. I mean, yeah, it can put lives at risk regarding people at the party. No, no shit. No shit. Um, congratulations. And everyone, by the way, was responding to this by calling him a tyrant. In my opinion, rightfully as well. I mean, just just think about this for a second. These are utilities that they already paid for. Eric Garcia had no uh, relationship with that transaction. That was a legal transaction. I don't know if LA has a local entirely run power services or water services, or, you know, a lot of cities have, like, city wells. So, I, although, no, not really. The point is, I have no idea exactly how much control Eric Garcia has over the utilities of the people of Los Angeles. Okay, I want to make that clear. I don't know. I really don't know. However, he does not have the right to shut off things that you legally paid for. Okay? You paid for electricity. You paid for water. You paid for your utilities. And now what's Eric Garcia doing? He's saying, no, sorry, you can't have that. You can't. You can't. Why not? You held a party using your utilities. You used them in a way we don't approve of. You're getting them shut down. And you know what? By the way, Eric Garcia knows he can't do this. And I'm going to prove it right now. Because if he really thought he had a legal case here, why wouldn't he just arrest them? I'm serious. Why wouldn't he just arrest everyone at these parties? Wouldn't that make far more sense? You have these big mass gatherings. We're told it's going to cost so many lives. You really don't have a case to issue a legal arrest of these people. You instead have to. Again, according to Eric Garcia, shut off the utilities they already paid for. Okay, so... Immediately, that should raise so many red flags in your head that he cannot even get his day in court. He doesn't want you to have a day in court. He doesn't. He wants you to shut up and take his abuse. That's why otherwise he would be arresting them. Otherwise, he would be putting them in prison, which is what we have established the punishment for committing a crime is, either a fine or prison time. Not... Oh my god, you can't uh, have utilities. That's never been a punishment before. That's never going to be a sensical punishment. If somebody is that dangerous to the point where they're literally killing people, like Garcia just said they were, then you know what? You put them in prison. You put them in jail. You lock them up. No, instead, Garcia doesn't want to do that because there's an actual process. He doesn't have to go through that process to shut off people's power. He just has to order his cronies to do it. He just has to order uh, his agencies to do it. So it's utterly, utterly evil what he's doing. And by the way, as you, I assume, though, the representative from that district is, of course, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi. She represents a large um, section of Los Angeles. 
Now, just yesterday, a video came out of Nancy Pelosi. She was in a high-risk group, by the way. She's a very old woman. No offense to Nancy Pelosi, of course. I'm not insulting her by calling her that. I have to say that, apparently. Uh, but she is an old woman, and as such, she is at great risk if she gets COVID-19. And you know what she did? And mind you, this is as Garcia is cutting off people's utilities if they hold parties. Okay, this is as she is demanding mandatory mask mandates, and the Democratic Party is demanding mandatory mask mandates, which, by the way, is a complete violation of the Americans with Disabilities Act. But that's a different topic for a different day. Uh, what is she doing? She's going and getting her hair cut. Seriously, the footage just came out yesterday of her going to a closed salon, specifically for the purpose of getting her hair cut. And the, her excuse was, well, I'm a public figure. I have to look good. The same excuse Lori Lightfoot gave, the mayor of Chicago, when she was caught doing the same thing. Or Bill de Blasio gave, mayor of New York City. And, you know, wouldn't that actually be kind of humbling, side note, to see a leader struggle along with you? Like, if de Blasio came out there and he was, like, looking really flabby or Pelosi had messy hair because she hadn't gotten cut in so long. And by the way, I have long hippie hair, so I, I was not affected by this one way or the other. Uh, <laughs> it's been a great time to be a long-haired, um, technology-obsessed, introverted Zoomer, let me tell you. Like, this has been an amazing time for me. I see you were kind of screwed, though. Uh, <laughs> no, wouldn't that actually be kind of humbling to see them living by these standards? At the very least, at the very least, it would show that they believe what they're saying, but no, they don't. They don't. Otherwise, why would Pelosi be going out in public? You guys remember when Pelosi said during the start of the pandemic to go visit Chinatown, San Francisco. You guys remember that? I remember that. I covered that. And it was utterly nonsensical. This is while she's endorsing social distancing. That's while she is endorsing, at the time, full-on lockdowns. Still in many places, full-on lockdowns. And yet, she says, oh, come to San Francisco. I can get my hair cut, but you can't. All of that. All of that. You know, massive flaunting of wealth from the rich to the poor. This is what caused the French Revolution, by the way. Which is apparently what America really, really, really wishes it had. I mean, we had a revolution, but it wasn't the same revolution for a variety of reasons. Because our politicians are essentially telling us that they're the same as the French aristocrats. They have a real Marie Antoinette thing going on, if you catch my drift. I mean, so is Eric Garcia going to cut off Nancy Pelosi's utilities? I'm genuinely wondering. I am genuinely wondering. Uh, I assume not, because that's the kind of person Eric Garcia is, of course. But hey, what do I know? Anyway, that was my uh, segment criticizing Democratic officials, so you can no longer say I am only an anti-Republican commentator, uh, despite the fact that they're just in the news way more often because of the fact that they're way more active as a party uh, because they control two and a half of the branches of government. But hey, you gotta, gotta be completely equal. Gotta be completely equal. Anyway, here's some news. Uh, now that we've covered mild hypocrisy, Breaking, the Trump administration has put Fado uh, Bensoda 
chief prosecutor of the International Criminal Court and one of her top aides on the sanction list historically reserved for war criminals and international terrorists. Uh, the other individual is, uh, yeah. So this, so for those who don't know, uh, this woman, Benesota, is the chief prosecutor of the International Criminal Court. Okay? She was previously a deputy prosecutor and has done some other work. She is a big-time international lawyer. Okay? Now, the administration does not like her. This is actually not the first time they've gone after her. In 2019, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo specifically uh, got rid of her visa because, and Pompeo said this at the time, it was because she was seeing if the United States had committed war crimes in Afghanistan. That was the only reason. That was the only reason why they didn't want a international lawyer to be able to enter the country because they didn't want her to be able to get information. I thought if you had nothing to hide, you had nothing to fear. You guys remember that? Remember when neoconservatives like Pompeo? Well, okay, Pompeo wasn't in politics yet, but his ilk, the neoconservatives, were saying that. That if you have nothing to hide, you have nothing to fear. And by the way, I thought we had to do regime change in all these different nations, Mike. I mean, he's the one who wants to do regime change in, what, I think it's Bermuda? Yeah, I think, I believe it's Bermuda. Isn't that the last dictatorship in Europe? Sorry, it was Belarus, I was thinking of. Belarus, not Bermuda, of all things. <laughs> I got the Adams Family movie replaying in my head right now. I'm sorry. It just slips out sometimes. But no, you guys remember, just last month, Mike Pompeo threatened regime change against the president of Burroughs because he is a dictator, because he violates human rights. Which, okay, that is fair. He does. He does. And you know what? If you want to go after him, I'm not going to shed a tear. I won't. However, I find it very odd that we are in a scenario where we are supposed to deeply care about human rights when it comes to everyone else in the world. And yet our own rights are so viciously violated by people like Pompeo. Might I remind you, Pompeo has been continuously pushing anti-medicine propaganda. Just flat-out anti-medicine propaganda. Remember him saying, oh my god, these masks, they're all made in China. And therefore, they're probably contaminated or something. By the way, COVID-19 does not live on surfaces long enough for them to be co contaminated for any sustainable period of time. So this is just utter nonsense. But oh my god, these masks are factors. They are from communist China. If you wear a mask, you're a communist. Okay, he didn't say that last time. But he implied it. He implied it. And him going on about the supply chain and how, oh my god, all this medicine is coming in from China? They violate human rights. Well, okay, why not let the international courts in if you care so much about human rights? And by the way, since when has Mike Pompeo ever cared about the human rights of Muslims? Oh, right, when China started violating them. Every other time he's been on board, though. And what we are seeing right now, the reason why the Trump administration does not want international courts in this nation does not want us to even be able to trade with international courts. You remember, that is the list that is reserved for terrorists, traditionally. And the president is putting the top international lawyer on that list. 
is because this is the end result of the cult of nationalism. And make no mistake, nationalism is, at the end of the day, nothing more than a cult. It is the cult where the absolute leader is the leader of the nation. In this case, Donald Trump, the nationalist leader. Because, again, again, and I keep saying this, I keep saying this, nationalists can just do whatever they want in this nation. They can get away with anything at this point. If you claim you're doing it in favor of the national good or in favor of nationalist reasons, you can tell people that they should no longer take medicine, as Mike Pompeo has done, as Peter Navito has done, as Donald Trump has done. Now, you should take some lupus medication that hasn't been proven to work in the slightest. You can tell people that they should be paying five times more for their oven because it will help the nation in some way. It's not, I'm not sure how it's going to help the nation when you can't buy anything, but it's going to help the nation. Just trust me on this. There, there's a way it's going to help the nation. Plus, China's doing it, even though we hate them and everything they do is wrong. Uh... <laughs> And of course, in meanwhile, in the back room, Donald Trump said nothing but nice things about Xi Jinping. Xi Jinping has even directly said he wants Donald Trump to be president because he's so easy to read. But none of that matters. None of that matters to the death cult of nationalism. And again, make no mistake, nationalism is, at the end of the day, nothing more than a death cult. Okay? It's nothing else. It is nothing short of a death cult. What, what else am I supposed to call it? What else am I supposed to call it at this point? When you have convinced yourself an international lawyer, the chief of an international judge, is a terrorist, when you have taken away their visa because they might have looked into your war crime, that shows elitism. That shows the idea that you can just do whatever you want. It doesn't have to be any repercussion. And for that matter, it shows this cult mentality of anything you do is good. Anything you do is good. And people say, oh, Trump supporters a death cult. No, no, that's, it's in by itself isn't a death cult. It's tapping into a pre-existing death cult. And that death cult is the absolute unthinking cult of American nationalism. And this is only the beginning of what we're going to see. Anyway, our last piece of news tonight has come from The Independent. Kamala Harris surprises viewers on Brady and Monica's versus battle. No idea what that is. No idea what that is, nor do I particularly care. I only even know what that is because a Joe Biden's running mate is on it. It reminds me of when Nancy Pelosi went on RuPaul. Why the hell did Nancy Pelosi go on RuPaul? All people, of all people, you think you think there are better people for the Speaker of the House to go on? Not, guess not. Uh, <laughs> Kamala Harris made a surprise appearance on last night's episode of Versus, which saw the iconic '90s singers Brady and Monica square off before the hit-for-hit -hit battle began. The vice presidential candidate surprised viewers with a video appearance. Harris thanked both singers for using their platform to advocate for Michelle Obama's When We All Vote Registration Initiative, unlike all those other voter registration initiatives, because this one was created by Michelle Obama. She said, quote, You both used your voices in such a powerful way and an extension 
of our voice is our vote, right? She also declared, I'm such a huge fan of you both. Uh, okay, yeah, this is all great. Um, and yeah, voting is good, and it's the only way you're going to win. Uh, does anybody actually care what Kamala Harris thinks about two washed-up 90s singers? At all? Anybody? Any Anyone? How about you? You and the... No, not, not even you. You know, this goes to show. This goes to show. Because the American people as a whole are sick of the idea of entertainment being political, which I think is nonsense for a variety of reasons, but they are. They are sick of it. That's one of the main reasons Hillary Clinton lost. People were just overall sick of it. They thought they were fighting the media by electing a man with a TV show that lasted for almost 20 years. It didn't make sense to me either. Uh, however, however, let's actually take a second and think about what this means for the Kamala Harris vice presidential campaign. Nothing. Nothing in the slightest. It doesn't help in the slightest. It doesn't do much in the grand scheme of things. Just kind of makes people laugh at you for a little bit. And the only reason why I'm focusing on this story is because it shows just how fundamentally unlikable Kamala Harris is. Over the weekend, also, oh, nearly dropped my laptop. It was also found that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are attempting to campaign through Animal Crossing, the Nintendo video game. Which, by the way, I also think is quite a bad sign for a presidential candidate and, her, and his running mate to do. Uh, however, however, the reason why they are doing that is, quite frankly, because they are blander than dirt. People keep saying, oh, Joe Biden's of the radical left, as is Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris spent her time as a prosecutor arguing for essentially the status quo. She was a moderate Democrat at the farthest regarding her time as a prosecutor. Again, that's what the laws and the books were, and that was her job as a prosecutor, make no mistake. I'm not blaming her for that, but no, that is what happened, objectively. Uh, <laughs> and she keeps actually trying to say, well, I was a great civil rights advocate as a prosecutor. She actually said that in one of the debates, uh, when Tulsi Gabbard called her out. No, you were a prosecutor. You were a mouthpiece. Your goal was to try and get the man right in front of you locked up, and that's fine. Someone's got to do that. Make no mistake. Can you at least say that's what you were doing, though? Kamala Harris is one of those people, the more you find out about, the less you like. And that is, by the way, why I suggested the Trump or not the Trump campaign, the Biden campaign, not go with her. Because she is, at best, bland, at worst, horribly unlikable. Why do you think the moment most people remember from the debates was not something she said, well, not something about her, but instead her lying about Joe Biden being racist and getting in an argument with Tulsi Gabbard? Those are the two shining moments of Kamala Harris throughout all the Democratic debates. And you know why that is? Because Kamala Harris is either fundamentally uninteresting or 
She's fundamentally unlikable. And this was after a years-long campaign hyping her up. CNN essentially became the Kamala News Network. With how much they push her, they ran an hour-long, not hour-long, but very long, essential campaign ad for Kamala Harris 2020. And look at how that worked out. Look at how that worked out. She dropped out with all the other candidates because Biden promised her that if he defeated Sanders, she'd be in the administration. If she gets a high-ranking role in the administration, so maybe it's worth it to her. That's our show. Good night.